Um, so we're uh, looking at the Ten Commandments, and we're on number four, which is about keeping the Sabbath holy. And uh, I, we, we did some 90-second um, interviews the other day uh, for work, and, and people in the senior leadership team had to be interviewed for 90 seconds. It's one of those sort of quick-fire interviews, and uh, they asked you some sensible questions, and then they asked you some dark questions as if they would really like to know about it. And one of the dark questions was, what's your best Disney film? And um, so I said to them, my best Disney the one that came to memory so straight away was Bedknots and Broomsticks. Yeah, I can see, you know, if you know that one. Um, it was a really good Disney film. And, uh, but the reason why I remembered it uh, was because that when I was a lad and I went to church, um, the church that I went to um, felt that on a Sunday uh, there were certain things that he didn't do. And actually throughout the week there were certain things that he didn't do. Because you needed to keep yourself separate from the world and uh, so I remember growing up in my house and my dad would get very cross if we tried to do our homework on a Sunday if he's paying sins um, but there were all sorts of things that we weren't allowed to do and I remember once going for a walk when I was actually not a student and uh, we were walking through a park with a family that felt very strongly about what we should do when we could do a Sunday and it was okay to walk but it's not okay to cycle Going back to Bedrock and Broomsticks, why, why, why I said that was because, because one of the things we weren't allowed to do is go to the cinema. My grandmother secretly took us to watch Bedrock and Broomsticks. <laughs> and uh, I enjoyed it more because I thought I was being naughty. Not because of the film, really. Um, but it was actually quite a good film as well. well. When we come to the Ten Commandments, we've, we've got to get into our heads, haven't we? That, and we've said this before. Stephen said it when we kicked off looking at the Ten Commandments. Often, we see the Ten Commandments as lots of you can't do, or you mustn't do this. It's a sort of like a downer on us. When actually what we've got to do is think a little bit more about them in a positive way, saying that this is God saying to folks, saying to us, if you do all of these things, you know what? Life's going to be better for you. Life's going to be happier for you. You're going to get on better in life. You're going to enjoy it more. These are the things that I know in knowing you so well, and I think you'll do better if you follow these commandments. And the Sabbath isn't one of them. What did God do? We're going to find out he rested on the Sabbath. And so when God tells us about having a pattern in our week where we have a rest, that's really, really important, isn't it? And that's what I want us to get over as we think. So the fourth commandment, actually, when you read it, in terms of its words, is the longest. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest, dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart from all others. And the word Shabbat, which is where we get the word Sabbath from, the Hebrew word Shabbat, basically just, it just means rest or ceasing, stopping doing 
So on the Sabbath, and we'll talk a little bit about when that is, we need to find time to rest, which ultimately means often that we stop doing stuff that we do on all the other six days. Now I'm just looking at Gregory. Sometimes Christina, she's at the doctor, she can't put health work on the Sabbath, whatever day that might be. Um, and there are lots of people in our church, family, and, other, and out there in the world who are Christians that have to work on a Sunday um, because that's what their job entails. We wouldn't be very happy, would we, if the hospital shut up on Sunday? Um, we wouldn't be very happy uh, if uh, that happened. And so obviously there are some people that have to. So we, I want us to get in our heads a little bit about how do we get a pattern in our lives that gives us that opportunity to rest. And back then, in Jesus' days, um, they sort of added on to what the Sabbath meant, and there was lots and lots of rules that you had to do and you didn't have to do. Here's, a, here's an example of one. Here's a clue to one of them. In Acts chapter 1, and verse 12, it says, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. What's a Sabbath day's walk? Well, it's a certain length certain distance that you were allowed to walk on the Sabbath, but you shouldn't have walked any, should walk any further. That was what it was like when Jesus was around. So you had to probably plan your journey quite well, because you didn't really want to walk and then think, oh, I can't get home now because I've done my Sabbath, got to travel. Um, but they were all the sorts of extra rules that suddenly happened um, to the Sabbath. So let's go right back to the beginning and, and try and find, us, find out a little bit what this is all about. So, we know that the Bible tells us that on the seventh day God had finished his work of creation so he rested from his work. Now whether you believe in the literal seven days or whether you believe in something else, there's still this theme that God did a load of work and then he rested. And if God needs rest, then I'm pretty sure the rest of us do. And then we go on in, in Genesis and we see that God blessed the seventh day. So not only did he make it a day when he rested, he actually said, this is a really important day, and I want to make it holy. And he goes on and says, remember the Sabbath day. So when he says remember, that the word in the Bible means not just remember, oh yes, it's Sabbath, I ought to be doing this, or it's that day of rest, I ought to be doing that. It's actually put it into practice. Do something about it on that day, because that's what God is asking us to do. And in Deuteronomy it says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord, your God, brought you out of there with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. And when you start to read the mentions of it in the Bible, not only is it important that God says you need to have a rest, he sort of actually next starts to say, this is about remembering that I've taken you from one place, which was slavery, and I've given you freedom. I've given you freedom. I want you to enter into a new way of, of, of life and a new uh, way of relationship with me. And part of that is actually making sure that you remember that on the Sabbath. And having this day is really important because of that. In Exodus, then the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, You must observe my Sabbath. This will be a sign between me and you that for the generations to come so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. So just like the Bible talks about the rainbow being a sign that God will never flood the earth again, 
Doug said, actually, do you know what my Sabbath is a bit like a, a sign as well? It's a, it's, a, it's a sign to say that actually I'm going to look after you. I'm going to look after you. We'll come back to that bit there. The Sabbath became a sign that God would take care of, of people if they learned to trust him. Because that's a really important bit. Because it, I think it says that God says, do you know what? If you, if you just slow down, if you take a rest, a special day for me, you're not going to lose out. You're not going to lose out. And actually, for those of us who work, that's a, that's a really interesting concept, isn't it? Because actually, that might say that God says, you know what? If you can, if your work, if your job doesn't demand you to, in other words, if you're not a doctor or something like that, has to work on something, you don't need to work on something because you can make that a very special day. And you're not going to lose out. And not only is that the day of rest, and that day is a, a day where we can really put our trust in God by saying, actually God, I, I know that if I, if I take a rest and I take a break, things aren't going to collapse because you're looking after me and I'm going to trust you. And we read in Leviticus, you have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of complete rest, an official day for Holy Assembly. It's the Lord's Sabbath day and it must be observed wherever you live. So Shabbat, or the Sabbath day, we should rest from business as usual and also we should get together to worship God, which is why we're here today. Not only are we having rest, but sometimes Sundays might not feel like the rest. And rest on a Sunday is all about spending time So we rest so that we might be free to worship and we give God worship in part by trusting him enough to rest. So when we come here and we worship God together, and this might be hard sometimes, but in a sense we've got to stuff all those things in our heads about all the things that we might need to do or need to do this. And, and I'm even now thinking about that.
family stuff and all the work stuff and everything else. And he wants to fill that space with him. So, what did Jesus do? Well, we really are clear that Jesus never actually didn't observe the Sabbath. It, it seems very clear in the New Testament that he, he would have observed the Sabbath in some way. But he sort of tweaked the rules. Because there were lots of rules, and sometimes those rules that he tweaked or that he, he, stood, he stepped over the line of what they thought you should and shouldn't do on the Sabbath. And he made it really, really clear. So he healed people on the Sabbath. There was many occasions when he healed people. Um, he, he actually said that when some disciples were, were a bit hungry and they tore off the, 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 the seeds of grain or corn or whatever and started to eat them, and the Pharisees said, oh, look, you're not supposed to harvest on a Sabbath. What are you doing? And Jesus said, no, 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 no. He said, he said that's okay. And so we get this sense that what Jesus did on the Sabbath, when he was here, so he was showing us what to do, is that he filled it up with stuff that was good. He didn't stop doing good stuff on the Sabbath, which is really important. What did Paul say? Well, we know that Paul wrote lots and lots of bits of the New Testament, and Paul probably took it one step even further. And we remember that Paul was trying to help early Christians, so those people that had been Jews, to realise that you, know, you can be a Jew, but you can recognise that this is the Messiah, this is your King Jesus, and also those people that we know that were Gentiles into this new faith. And he was trying to get them all together to realise that actually together you're part of God's... Um, chosen people because you are actually the people that God loves and we're going to start a new, a new thing which, we, um, which later we call Christian, we are Christian and Paul says, so don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths for these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come and Christ himself is that reality and I think what Paul was saying there was you know, some of you have probably said to, said to each other, oh, you've walked a little bit further on the Sabbath day than you should have done. And Paul said, you know what, that's, that's not really that important. The important thing is now is that it's Christ. Christ has revealed himself to us. Focus on Christ. Don't focus on all those things that you think people should and shouldn't do. Don't focus on the fact that they don't quite do it the way that you do it. The most important thing is that Christ is our new reality. And what do the first Christians do? And I think this is where we see that shift from uh, the Sabbath being on the Sabbath, which for, for uh, Jews on, on the Saturday, to that moving to the day where we, we sort of have our Sabbath, or we have our day of rest, which is Sunday. Because we start to read in the early uh, church that on the first day of the the believers began to meet. We also read that they met much more often than that, but there's a sense that actually we shifted to the Sunday, partly because of the fact that Christ rose on the Sunday, and, and the disciples seemed to follow that. And so that's why today, in Christian churches, we have our day of rest on a Sunday. And so what I want to say to you this morning about Sabbath, about our day of rest, is this. That it's really, really clear that there's a pattern here that God wants us to have in our life. And he wants us to do six days of the usual stuff. 
and he wants us to have a day, the seventh day, where we rest <coughs> and we get together. Now sometimes the getting together bit might be a bit difficult. If you are a doctor and you happen to work a shift on a Sunday, then actually you can't be in church. If you're a police officer, you can't be in church. If you're a social worker and you're on call, you can't be on church. If you're doing something really, really drastic and doing that sort of job, you can't be on church at church. So it might be that the, the getting together bit happens in a slightly different way. But it's really important that God says, you know, for you to have a really good relationship with me and a really good time and to be in a healthy position, that's the sort of pattern that I want you to have for your week. That's the sort of pattern that I want you to have for your week. I love these pictures. I noticed these pictures by a Twitter this week. And can you see what, see, see what they are? So this artist, I think you can call them artist, photographer, he, he decided to take pictures of lots and lots of people in different settings. And what he's done very cleverly with a, whatever technical stuff, he's deleted the one thing that all of those people had. Can you see what he's deleted? A phone. And there's all of these stopping to do something. Let's try and get this into the practical now. Do you have any rules yourselves about what you do with that sort of stuff on a day of rest? Might mean probably not. But actually if you've got a young family, or actually if you haven't got a young family, you yourself, how do you, how do you start to help people, encourage people in your family to have something that they might stop doing for a bit, but actually gives them that space within the It's a real challenge, isn't it? Right, uh, so, for those people that don't know, I'm a, I'm a, I work for Ofsted, um, as long as it lasts. And, um, and one of the things that, that we, we get so many complaints about is for, from, from students when we go into spec schools, is about how some schools will take their the students phone off them when they walk through the door, lock it away, 
and they won't give it back to them until the end of the day. And and some young people think this is the last, the last straw. Do you know what I mean? And uh, it's absolutely terrible. But I suppose why I've done that is that's, that's, that's just that's one thing that we could all think about. How do we manage our time and what we do on Sunday? So. Going back to this, the Sabbath became a sign that God would take care of people if they learned to trust Him. What does that mean? Does that mean, in that practical way, it might mean something to do with, with, with social media and about what you do and what you don't do on social media on a Sunday? It might mean that that work related stuff. Do, you do, 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 do I go back now and later tonight get on and do all my emails? Actually, what am I doing when I go back and do all my emails? I'm picking off emails to people on a day. Which actually I'm saying as a Christian ought to be a day of rest. And there might be old people on the other end who get those emails that think, oh, I've got to deal with this, this has come from Andrew. So actually I'm generating that sort of bad behaviour anyway. But actually, is it right? Is it right? Do we need, do we need to say to, to young people, do you know what? Have a day of rest, don't do your homework. Now the problem is with that, if they haven't done their homework in the six days preceding that, that's a bit of an issue, isn't it? So actually it's about disciplining yourself to make sure that you deal with that work so that you can have a day of rest. It's a bit like me actually, if I wanted not to do emails today, why didn't I sort out some emails yesterday so that today I could say to God, I think this day is important, you know. For me to have done that yesterday, so today I can fill my space with you. And that comes down to cleaning. I mean, I don't do cleaning on the Sundays because I don't really do the other six days of the week as well. But actually, it's the whole thing, this is, it could be anything. Anything that you think, actually, I could actually get this done on Monday to Saturday so that, deliberately, I can discipline myself to do the sorts of things that would give me rest on a Sunday. And rest should be enjoyable. In my view, rest, if you want to cycle the bike on a Sunday, does that give you rest? That's enjoyable, because I think God realises that we are physical beings as well as spiritual beings and we need to give ourselves that time to actually have a rest. So do things together. Do things that make you feel restful. And in that, do things together with the Christian with God in space. And when we get together, here's a couple of things that we can do. So here's what I want you to do, says Paul. When you gather for worship, each one of you prepared with something that will be purposeful for all. Sing a hymn. Teach a lesson. Tell a story, lead a prayer, provide an insight. And that's for some of the stuff that we've been doing today. And why is it important to do that? In Hebrews it says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on. We may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So, however you do it, and whatever you do, my encouragement to you, and my encouragement to me again, is actually, have I got a pattern to my week? Do I do the usual stuff on Monday through Saturday? And do I squeeze all of the usual stuff in as I can, so that on Sunday, Shut, didn't they? Apart from the little sort of thorn shops that did probably 
you're such a good father you know that actually physically and spiritually to grow and to be healthy we need to find time to stop doing business as usual and to do things that are different and we thank you for this time together where we are a family, where we can Encourage each other, spur each other on. Spend time together in your presence. And sometimes even when we're together, God, we, we fill it up with all sorts of things when perhaps we even now need to just stop. Just stop. And be still. Father, help us to slow down. Help us to rest when the pattern in our week gives us that day, that time when we can be with you in your presence much more. Help us to discipline ourselves so that we have a pattern to our week. We pray for families in this church, Lord. Help them as they bring their children up to have that pattern in their lives so their children can have that time of rest. Help us to make sensible decisions because we know that you love us and that you will help us as we try to do what we believe pleases you. And we pray for the rest of the day we pray that if there are things that we don't need to do, you will help us not to do them. And if there are good things for, that we could do that will help us to rest, help us to enjoy each other, help us to fill that space with you, we pray that you would encourage us and help us to do so. For we ask it in your precious name. In the name 
of the Lord Jesus. Amen.